Turn Up The Talk podcast, tackling mental health together. G'day guys and welcome to another episode of Turn Up The Talk, brought to you by the Clavelli Hotel. So it was on the beach down at Watson's Bay and uh, Radio Hub Studios here in Sydney, Alexandria. You're joined by Pat Clifton and Luca Moretti and no, Lukey, no Lockie Drew Morris today. He's away with his missus. Yeah, something new and different, isn't it? <laughs> and today we're joined by a pretty special guest who served in the Army, played representative level of rugby union for Australia, Molly Gray. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Cruising. Like everyone else in 2020, I do not have a job at the moment, so <laughs> I feel like I'm on a prolonged holiday. You have been as well around New South Wales. Yeah, it's been so fun. I met a guy and uh, our third date was a three-day road trip. And my mum, I remember when I told her, she was just like, oh my God, please don't die. And I've had the best time ever since. And I've, I've not been turned into a skin suit. So whatever, I'm having a great time. <laughs> touch wood, <laughs> touch wood. <laughs> what, a great way to, what a great way to start a podcast. Hi guys, I'm not dead. <laughs> what about you, Brady? How you been? Yeah, I've been alright, been alright. I'm enjoying the vacay. So I fucking finally finished football after yeah. three pre-seasons this year. So yeah, I'm loving it. Getting down to the beach? Yeah, getting down to the beach. <laughs> Soaking it up. <laughs> so Molly, I mentioned you served in the army for yes. Australia when you were 18, you first entered. Yes. How was that? Can you talk us through your experience with the army and what, what you kind of encountered? Oh, so long and I'm so glad it's done. Um, no, it was um, it was really cool. Like, So I had a really rough uh, final year of school and didn't do very well in the HSC, and um, and my brother had just joined the army six months six months prior. So my mum turned around and um, uh, she said that oh, she encouraged me to go join the army. So I did because I didn't have anything else going on and uh, did a gap year. Was only supposed to stay for twelve months, and I stayed for twelve years. So it, yeah. <laughs> whoopsie. <laughs> it was yeah. It was it was great though. I mean, it was awesome. Like I, I turned up and it was it was a shock. You know, lots of yelling, lots of screaming, lots of, I don't know, army stuff. I'm not army at all anymore. I'm really not. But it was cool. And I did. Um, you know, I went over to Afghan for about six months in 2012. And then after I got back, I basically turned my army career into a rugby career. And how was that? That was awesome. It was so good. I love it when people ask me about army. I'm like, well, all I did was play rugby. Uh, but that's pretty much the truth. I found rugby in my second year of army and um, you'd go away for months at a time playing and it was just the best. Isn't there like, isn't there like a big rivalry between like the army and navy seals or something like that or am I just making that up? Between the army, uh, as in like r like sport? Yeah. Yeah, no, but not the Navy SEALs. Navy, I'm <laughs> in America. I'm in the real hardcore. <laughs> I told you about it. Are the Navy SEALs like I don't know. full hardcore in America? Mate, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I think yeah, so. I think no, um, like the top of the top. Huge rivalry between the Army, the Air Force, and the Navy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. In that's Australia. It. Australia. Navy, full stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just <laughs> Navy. Royal Australian Navy. Yeah, so, um, no, but I mean, Army was cool. It was really good for me. I needed discipline and I needed structure in my life, and that's exactly what it gave me. And, um, it was all, I just, you know, I just joined up and I did admin. So nothing, you know, nothing crazy or anything mm. like that. But you go through all the basic training and you still do all the same sort of stuff and you learn how to use the rifles and you do all the drill and you do all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's, it's, it's good. How would you compare army training to rugby training in um, regards to toughness? Oh, I think rugby training's way harder, except 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure rugby training's way harder. But what Army what Army taught me was, you know, you got people yelling at you and as much as you don't want to do something, you have to do it. And then obviously with rugby training, we all know that. It's like, mm. you know, <laughs> all those drills that you've done over and over and over for years, it's the same thing. And you just sort of it teaches you to put your head into the zone and just to be able to go, go and then go some more. In an article I read, it it mentioned when you got back from, I think it was Afghanistan, you got diagnosed with PTSD. I did. So how was that? Was that related to what you saw over in Afghanistan or the experiences you had or was that completely unrelated? It it wasn't related to anything I saw. It was just something that happened with a person actually. And... um, uh, it was, how do I put it? Um, okay, so so 2012, I got told that I was deploying um, and I was the only girl in a group of about 26 or 28 or something like that. And I was young and I was, you know, enthusiastic and I was ready to just go. And I'd always wanted to deploy. I think it's just one of those things, you know, you join the army and it's like, I want to go over to Afghan. What a weird thing to say, but, <laughs> you know, but it's just part yeah. of the job and it's something that everyone wants to do. And I finally got an opportunity to do it. And basically, I had a run-in with a guy that was supposed to be in charge of me and I ended up actually getting groped by him. And what happened was I went and I spoke to my peers about it and I said, I don't know what to do because obviously, you know, back then, being the only girl in a situation like that, unfortunately, it's like the easiest thing to do would be to remove the girl from the situation and I didn't want to be removed from the situation. So the advice that I was given, which is terrible advice, was to just ignore him and just to carry on. So I did that and then basically that turned into bullying and I never really thought that bullying was a thing and I don't think anyone does until Mm. you've been through something like that. And um, I went through that uh, over in, and then, so that was just before we went to Afghan. And then once we got over there, it just was day in, day out, day in, day out for six months of just like full on bullying. And, you know, this has got nothing to do with, it's not, I'm not defense slamming or anything like that. I mean, like, I know I joke around a lot about army and that type of stuff, but like my 12 years in the army was some of the best years of my life. Like it is a really good organization and really good opportunities and it's there's so many amazing people in there but like anywhere it's like you can just be you can just encounter the wrong people and that's exactly what happened to me and I remember just the whole time it was sort of just like you try I think I came out to my boss about it about a month in and I told him what happened and I got completely pushed to the side and they just yeah they just like disregarded the whole thing and um and then I spoke up for every Every couple of weeks for the remaining time I was over there and no one took me seriously. And well, no one did anything? Uh-uh, nah, nah. At one point he got taken out from being in charge of me and then within 24 hours he was back in charge of me again. So, so he's got a slap on the wrist. He did nothing, nothing. And then, you know, like, so when I got back, for, when I got back, I was brain fried. I was 23 or 22 or something. And I was just like losing my mind because it was mm. just like when you're over there, you know, you've got no friends, no family, no support, no nothing. And you're in a bubble and you're just trying to survive. Whenever you're going through some type of mental health situation like that anguish that you're going through you just go into this like survival mode and that's exactly what I did and I got home and I was overweight and my skin was fucked like and my whole body and I just looked exhausted and I got off the plane and my mum was there to like see me come home from this this deployment and she was just like what the 
fuck, you yeah. look like shit. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Hi, Mum. Yeah, she's like, wow, you look fat. Um, yeah, and then so, um, I mean, like this big investigation started. And anyway, so long story short, 12 months later, this... Um, uh, you know, th- they came out with a final ruling and it was that Molly has an attitude problem and they completely turned it on me. And it was mm. it was a really weird thing to go through. And, stra- like, I never thought about, like, so I never thought bullying was a thing and then it was. And then I never thought that you could really get any type of, like, PTSD diagnosis from something like that. But turns out you can because I had nightmares for months oh, after really? this. Yeah, man, I got out of the army. I had nightmares. I was just... Like, I started drinking, I started partying, I yeah. started just going nuts. And then it was just, that went on for, like, a good six months. Hectic. And what that's was, my story. What was, the, what was the breaking point for you to go, fuck, actually, I need help? Um, and how, like, how was that kind of reaching out? Uh, I don't think I... I don't think I reached out to... Like, I was seeing a psychologist, but yeah. I don't think I ever really, like, reached out for help. I think it was just this, like... Um, moment so I was I I was I went over to Thailand and I went to a gym over there and they asked me to come back and work for them and I was sort of just like well I've really got nothing going on and I um I wanted to um like so I wanted to go back but also like so my very first game of rugby was in 2009 and after that game I was in Darwin I was in the army I was 19 I got on the phone to my mum and like before I played rugby, right, I had no idea how to catch, no idea how to pass. I didn't know the rules. I didn't Mm. know anything. But this first game I got out there and like fucking bossed it. And I was just like, this is the best sport I have ever played in my life. And I get on the phone to old mum and I'm just like, Joe, I want to play rugby for Australia one day. And that was something that like stuck with me from like for my whole life. And Mm. so I had this terrible thing happen to me over in Afghan. And then I go over to Thailand and they asked me to come back and work for them. But a World Cup was coming up. So this is like 2013 that I went over there and the World Cup was in 2014. And obviously back then there wasn't really much going on with women's rugby. The World Cup prior to that that was the last time that the Wallaroos had even played. So there was really nothing going mm. on. But the tryouts were coming up that year, end of that year. And I was like... Sorry, can I just... Wh- what year did you start playing rugby? 2009. Okay. Yeah. So you obviously got the hang of it pretty quick. Yeah, like first day, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still had no idea what I was doing. But like, yeah, I, I just... It was just something that... You know, like, have you ever done something and it just clicks? Like, everything about it just seems to work. And Punt that's haircut. How it, <laughs> it's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah. It's, for those who can't see it, I go pat a haircut yeah, today. And nice. wow, it looks 100 bucks. Might have to post a story. <laughs> you're going to have to. You're going to have to. Um, yeah. So, anyways, like, I, I, so I, just, I said to them, I was like, listen, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to just go and try out for this thing. And if I make it, I'm going to stay home. And if I don't, I'll come back and work for you guys. And I came back, tried out, and I get this letter in the mail a couple months later. And it's like, you've made it into the Wallaroos. And I was like, hot damn. All right, guys, sorry, not coming back. (laughs) And that was basically like my turning point of getting myself out of that hole. Like I was ready to run away and go and live in Thailand on the beach, you know, and just Mm. drink margaritas all day. And um, (laughs) you know what? It's it's really not a bad life. I kind of do it now. But, um, but yeah, and, and that was it. And so I came back and I started training. And um, in 2014, I debuted. And um, 
it was as amazing as it was, it was probably like the worst game of rugby I've ever played. Oh my God, it was terrible. And then that was kind of like my next defining moment to be like, mm, girl, you need to take training more seriously. Because we de- I debuted against New Zealand and I was on the bench and I come out and like, do you guys remember the first time you've ever like debuted for like a rep team or something? And like, you're like, hell yeah, this is going to be so good. And you get out there and it's like deer in the headlights. Yes. That 100%. was, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I was like playing at eight and I thought I was like pretty big and pretty fit. And all of a sudden one of their uh, what was it? Their 13 was running at me and I just panicked and I was like, oh my God, it's like a steam train coming at me. Yeah. And I just did one of those like sacrifice tackles where you just the like... speed bump. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was. And then after that, I was like, <laughs> oh, you really need to figure out who the yeah. hell you want to be as a player. And then that was it. Like that was my moment. And then so from there on, I used this like mantra of like be better than what happened to you as in like be better than what that wanker did to me overseas and I was just like I'm just going to be bigger and better than anyone you've ever met and Mm. that was like my and it's I don't know if that's a really positive way to be but it got me out of the hole that I was in and just made me focus on something else Mm. and I focused on rugby for the next four years I think for some people that mentality works yeah 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 with, with so you're speaking of PTSD. Was that your first experience with mental health? Did yeah. you know much about it? No, so it just kind of hit you. Yeah, yeah. The like it was. Oh man, it's it's consuming. Hey, it's really consuming. And if you've not, if if you've never sort of experienced anything like that before, or you've not been around anybody, it's just it's a shock. And it's really yeah, it's hard. Slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really hard because a lot of people will say to you like they think that they're being encouraging or they think that they're helping you and it's like just go speak to someone just exercise just focus on your fitness just mm. just mm. just 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 do all this and it's just it's it's really hard yeah, it's, it's really easier hard. said than done isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and but it's like you've got to find something that like motivates you and that excites you to yeah. be able to get over it and 100%. and it's not something that that can be a quick fix sometimes it might be but like if it takes a little bit longer then that's okay as well but you've just got to be i think it's about understanding the place that you're in like Mm. i've recently gone through like another sort of mental health brain explosion thing and that was to do with a breakup good old breakups but <laughs> they really we all love them oh god you know what there's nothing worse than heartbreak i swear to god and now i live with my mum. <laughs> your roommate your yeah, roommate. yeah yeah. i refer to her as my roommate but no i've gone through one again recently and obviously with you know this year with like covid and with breakups and moving in with my mum <laughs> and all that sort of stuff it's just like i just had this this snap and I ended up like deferring uni or quitting uni or God knows what I've done. And it's like, but I'm so glad that I've gone through something like this before because I was able to recognize what I was in. Mm. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, how do you get out of it again? So, you know, you get a little bit better. Not that you want people to go through mental health, but everyone does. Everyone Yeah, does. exactly right. Well, I think that's what we've learned and that's what we're trying to kind of spread the word that everyone does go through and you just don't know because a lot of people don't speak out about it no they don't they don't and it's a really you know it can be a really scary and a really lonely place and and you know there's nothing wrong with going and seeing a psychologist there's nothing wrong with going and seeing a doctor and like I am I'm I've always been really vocal about this sort of stuff and like my doctor put me on antidepressants this year right Mm. I have never ever ever been on anything like that before and I was so embarrassed when he suggested it to me and I was like why are you doing like why are you doing this to me and he was 
was just like when something when when something happens and the state that you're in ends up affecting too many different aspects of your life then we just need to help you out another way to get you back up to a place where you start to feel leveled out again and you start to feel normal again and that's exactly what I needed and you know I've gone through um you know I've I've had 12 knee surgeries so my rugby career um is completely done because I've done four knees and two ankles and a bunch of other things and my god it's like I'm addicted to going under for surgery (laughs) (laughs) kidding I'm not I'm actually not that sounds really bad (laughs) but um like I've had so many knee surgeries and like you know I I ended up getting medically kicked out of the army and then all these other things have happened and then you know with this 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 breakup for me this time and like you know all the PTSD stuff or whatever all of that has led me to this current brain snap that I've had which was just this build up and like so many people have moments in their life where they have uh, you know like an accumulation of things where you just your your brain decides to not want to cooperate anymore and that's exactly what happened to me and but it doesn't last forever how was it you mentioned a lot about rugby and how that was almost not your escape but what you turned to and what got you out of that hole how was it when you were forced into you were forced into retirement wasn't really on your own terms due to so many injuries how did you kind of go about turning your focus to something else to distract yourself from that hole you were in that rugby got you out of? I didn't at the start. I didn't. And like a lot of people, you hear a lot of stories about sports people um, or even people in the defence force and things like that when you when you have to stop doing what you love and, and um, we all end up self-medicating for a little while. And that's what I did. I drank a lot and I partied a lot and I'd never done drugs in my life and then I did. And I did it a lot. And I, you know what? It's not something I like to admit but it's something that happened and I don't do any of that anymore I barely even really drink that much anymore but I found myself on this like roller coaster ride of like partying and self-medicating to because sport gives you that you know that like that high that you get from like training and from playing and that that I don't even know what it is but it's like the most incredible feeling and then all of a sudden it's gone and for a really long time you spend you know all these different moments trying to get that feeling back again and I think that like you know that's when we get sucked into like that that depressed state and that partying thing to try and get that back and it's it's really it's a really negative space to be in and it wasn't until you know I was doing media and stuff like that so I started working for Fox and and I was getting little hits of it doing that but I just didn't really find anything that it's it's been a process for me it's been like nearly four years now of oh about oh, about three three years three years of trying to get myself out of this retirement funk that I found myself in and and I found that getting more into like a creative space has really helped me and and also like like talking about it as well I love doing this sort of stuff and I love being like really active and 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 yeah you know just like that it's just you got to try everything to try and figure out how to get it back if you could give advice yourself before that yeah what would you say because obviously like you said at the time drugs and alcohol they don't fix a problem but they band-aid it yeah what advice could you give yourself now to before you went on that kind of binge um to just oh god i don't even know just to sit with it again you know like so Every single time I busted my knee while I was playing, I would always give myself one day, one day to be sad and one day to drink some wine with my girlfriends 
and and just absorb what had happened um and then I would get back onto it but like get back into training and stuff like that and and so that was you know I allowed myself that one one night but then at the very end of it all it's like the one night extended to a like a really long time because I didn't have that rugby to get back into mm. and I think it's like I don't know I think when you when you're going through loss and you're dealing with grief and grief is losing your sport or losing your job or whatever it is that you're going through I think just like be kind to yourself and and go and and talk to someone pretty early on about it it's like don't let that whole like bendering and all that sort of stuff like it's not even that fun you don't like you don't get much enjoy like you, you know when you're sort of out with all your mates at the pub like it's real fun and stuff but then after a while it's not a positive experience i would just say give yourself that one day that you used to give yourself and then get back on and be focused and find something that you love again you know yeah. i think it's more the the kind of days after a big night yeah you pay the tax kind of for it yeah oh. like at the, at the time it's you know, you're having the time of your life, but then those next three days, even a week, you're just like, fuck. Why I can't even that, you know? head noise. Oh, I can't drink anymore. Oh my God. Like one glass of wine. I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I love going to bed early. I've, You know what? I've started like, so I moved back home with mum. Sorry, my roommate. Uh, <laughs> I sound like such a loser. I'm not a loser. I'm not. Um, no, but I moved back home to the farm and I'm just living like this real quiet life at the moment and it's really great. And I, um, you know, I'm doing photography every single day and I'm travelling around a lot as well and I'm finding that there's value in doing things like that, like being creative and, and that type of thing and that's like really helping me and also just staying away from like that whole party lifestyle. For me, getting out of Sydney was one of the main things that I needed to do because this place will, the eastern suburbs will suck you in and it will spit you out and that's exactly what it did to me. Not fun. Why are you looking at me, Paul? <laughs> I was going to say, did you want to ask something? I was going to talk about um, the breakup, oh, if that's all right. Yeah. You know, not, not like specific, day, but just like, <laughs> I think it gets thrown around a lot. Like yeah, if get you, If you break up with someone. <laughs> Strap yourselves yeah. in. <laughs> if you break up with someone that almost, it's like, well, everyone goes through it, get over it type thing. Mm. And people don't kind of see the effect it can actually have on someone. Yeah. What advice would you give for someone going through a breakup now? You know, I know a lot of people would just be told just get over it you know we've all had our heart broken oh everyone pretty shit advice but yeah, what would you say it's terrible advice just get over it my god yeah, if thanks, i mate. <laughs> <laughs> sweet i go yeah, yeah, yeah. Go oh, i didn't it. think about that one <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay right next yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know like just again just be kind to yourself and don't go everyone's like let's so many people the first thing they say is like let's go out and get pissed mm. alcohol has got so much to do with with um coping i find and everybody does it it's like oh i lost my job let's go get a drink oh i've had a good day let's go get a yeah. drink oh i just you know i just I got injured again. Let's go have a drink. Oh, I went through a breakup. Let's go have a thousand drinks. You know, and it's just, it's people use it as a coping mechanism and it's not. And I just think that if you just stay off the booze. Um, one of my girlfriends is going through a really big breakup at the moment and she was with her guy for 11 years and now uh, now she's not with him. And I, I just said to her, I was like, be kind to yourself. Allow yourself to feel sad about it and really just like sit with it and think about it and all that sort of stuff. But then just like, Focus on something else and move on. Like be better. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like. I it's feel hard. like when you force yourself to get over it, you just kind mm. of. Oh, what, what's the word for it? Delaying it. 
You know what yeah, I mean? You got, yeah, you do have you to just, sit with you it. Got, though, like, yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no way around the mountain. You just got to go over it. Yeah, if you want to cry, cry. And if you want to cry for a week, cry for a week. That's fine. I find that, like, you know when you start to get, like, a bit upset and then you just try and hold it all in and then you can end up prolonging that feeling for like a few days or a week or whatever these days whenever I get upset and I find that you know for me that's got a lot to do with like injuries and um and and you know the breakup and and like anything that makes me feel upset I just as soon as I feel upset I just cry I love it I love a good cry cry a glass of wine I like to cry drink wine and I live with my mother <laughs> Crap, I sound like such a loser. Oh, God. I just smashed a Ben and Jerry's the other night, eh? Did you? Yeah. Is that how you cope with breakups? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and then a couple couple beers, but yeah. Yeah, again, alcohol, that coping strategy that we all use. It's just, yeah, best thing I ever did was just stop drinking. It's exactly like you said, you, you celebrate a good day with a drink. And you have a shit day and you have a drink anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of... And I think that's just the culture in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, a drink can be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, 100%. Oh, it's so like, fun. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a Saturday Arvo with all your mates out in the sunshine drinking think, beers. Yeah, the biggest thing is just... You, Summer. You got <laughs> you to gotta do it because like, that's what you feel like doing. You're not doing it to mask something else. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The biggest yeah. Thing. yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that sucks us into that hole of mental health that we all get stuck in and it can make something that, that is, you know, it's it might not be as big as what you think it is, but you can make it into something that ends up being a lot bigger and affects your life in so many yeah, different ways. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my breakup was pretty awful. It was actually really, really awful. Um, and But the way that I was dealing with it at the time probably made it even worse for me. And mm. then, you know, like it just where I, it's, it's taken me like a while to, to get over it. And, you know, now I've, you know, I've moved home and that, but like, I've met a really nice guy now and like, it's all, it's so different. It's so different, but my whole life is so different now. The yeah. way that I approach life and the way that I approach my mental health this time again, because like I said, this has been like a three year journey for me to get over 40, to get over army, to deal with dealing with grief and loss is a really, really complicated journey but you've just got to again Mm. be kind and listen to yourself and seek help and talk to people when you need to and just not shut yourself off and not um not self-medicate yeah trash yourself i feel i feel like with with that kind of stuff like talking about the breakup and that or just anything i think people find like the cool i used to do i used to do it so much where you just go fuck, I feel shit. I need a quick fix. You know, I need a quick fix. I can't be doing this anymore. And that's when you look to like getting pissed or, you know, going to do something fucking stupid that has no benefits like whatsoever. Yeah. So like what you thought, yeah, 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 exactly. The bandaid effect. So I feel like people, people do that. People look for the quick fix, but there's no quick fix in it. Mm -mm. Like it's like, it's a journey as, as bad as it sounds. And as much as you don't want it to be a journey, like it is. And, I think the the quicker you kind of accept that, the quicker you get over it. Well, that's it. You've got to accept it. It's yeah. like, you know, um, me with retiring from footy, you've just got to accept that that's where you are and that's what's happening. So it's like, accept it. What's next? Yeah. Break up with someone. Accept it. Okay, what's next? What yeah. do I want to do next? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to date? What's the type of person I'm looking for? That type of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and find something that brings like value. 
to yeah. your life. I think that's one of the main things. What do you enjoy doing? You know, mine was mine was film and photography, and now I do it every single day, and I'm loving it. And we're at a point where like I'm starting to get paid for it, so it's like even better. Even yeah. better. I know my my 2020 holiday might be coming to an end because I've got to work. Ugh. Start taking photos of Pat's haircut. <laughs> I'll be your personal photographer. It'd be great. Every time. Every two weeks, come over. Mate, we'll be, we'll be, in, Can- we'll be in Cancun next week. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I don't understand be? what everyone's fascination with a mullet. Is it a mullet or a mohawk? Or? Just a little mohawk. Oh, it's a mullet, like it's a mullet mohawk. You should say it's, it's faded in real nicely. So Skin many fade. players like, are just rocking around with it. It's just Is awful. Although I'm a... Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm a fan of a mo, and you guys have both got them. Yeah, the, m- the moustache. Yeah, the yeah, moustache. The moose. The moose. Every I went to the barber the other day. He didn't even ask me. He just snipped it off. The barber. He never. Oh, he didn't even give me the the go ahead. He just what, got the clippers. Did he? Get, did he give you the? Did he give you the usual? He gave me the usual cut, and I was like, just line the beard up. He just went. probably shouldn't say it. This Lebanese place. In um in Randwick, and no matter what I'd ask for, right, he just goes, "I got you. I'll fix you up. I give the usual." Like, mate, I bet this is my first time here, <laughs> what is and he'd always and he would always butcher me. He would always use the shit his haircut. I'll give you one. I'll give you one back. No, I'm right. Thanks. I'll do it myself. Do you know what I did after I moved home? I went to a hairdresser, and I was like, I just wanted some highlights, and I was like, you know, just yeah. trying to feel good again. And I was like, all right, I just want some color in there. I came out with like tiger stripes, <laughs> and I. I was That's like, mad. you know, whenever like you're sitting at the table, or, like you're sitting at the chair and the mirror's in front of you and he finishes up and they're just like, what do you think? And you're like, great. <laughs> yeah, you got it's tears like in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You walk I'm out so, and put your hoodie on. I'm so happy with what you've just done. And I got home and I was like, maybe it's not that bad. And I was like FaceTiming one of my friends and she's like, what the fuck is on your head? And I was like, oh God. I think, I think, I think that's the difference between guys and girls. Like when we get a shit haircut, I'm just like, I cannot wait to go home and just shave my head off. <laughs> I just there's been it. so there's been so many times where I'm sitting there go oh do you want me to fix it up and I'm like mate just fucking get it done with because I'm going straight home and I'm shaving this off. Uh, <laughs> the worst part about being a girl though is that we spend so much money on getting our hair done. Yeah, there's so like, like a it's like a hundred it's like a hundred bucks or something, isn't it? Yeah, oh mate, More please. One time is I it? spent like five hundred dollars on getting on the my tiger stripes. Hair. No, no, the tiger stripes cost me like two hundred and thirty, and then I I was just like, oh, wow. I actually wouldn't mind some tiger stripes. Oh, God. someone I know got eight hundred dollars to get their hair done the other day. No what? way. 800. A girl or a guy? No, a girl. A girl. Hey, what did I she get done? Oh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, What God. could you get done for 800 bucks? Hair extensions. I think Yeah. could be it. Yeah, that'll what, get you. What I was saying before is, have you seen uh, the Black Dog Institute are doing like mullets for mental health? Oh, God. Which is good. Yeah, Maybe. I think, didn't Joy Arrow do that? Yeah, everyone's, everyone, like it's, t- St. Augustine's a school. They're all out yeah, there yeah, yeah. with mullets. For it's so the Black weird Dog Institute. seeing so many people with mullets at the moment. It's I back. Think, I think Miley Cyrus is rocking a mullet, actually. Yeah. She's got like it's the, good. yeah, like the long, long, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, and it's, bl- and it's one, bleach, it's, pardon? Pink, the singer. She rocks a mullet, doesn't she? Pink. She doesn't. She rocks doesn't a mullet. She, she rocks a mohawk. She, she's got the mohawk. Mohawk, same thing. No, it's not. No, what? I swear she pink. rocks a mullet, eh? Google it. Oh, no, pink was the best back yeah. in the day, eh? Yeah. She's still great. Still great. She's fallen off. I haven't seen her in a while. Yeah. She's busy. Having babies. <laughs> you know, everyone gets to that point. Is she Australian? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, she does rock I swear she's Australian. Yeah, <laughs> she rocks a mullet. <laughs> you know, she looks like, I'll show you, she looks oh, like. Oh, that's like, um, that's like, um, have you seen something about Mary? Yeah. 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 <laughs> 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 no, she put the hair gel in. 
It's not a hair gel, but it's <laughs> not a hair gel. You know the guy from Mr. Incredibles? With the, oh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know the guy I'm thinking of? What's his name? I'm so really? lost. I gotta get him the up. Little, the little boy. Yeah, the little boy. Oh, the Mr. Sidekick. Incredibles. Um, What's his name? It's like Electro or something. Like that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Jimmy Neutron. Is that the guy yeah, with the yeah. big, like, nah, this, goofy thing? This dude. Oh, <laughs> What's his name? Syndrome. Syndrome. <laughs> oh, my God. I used oh to have God. I used to have a uh, a pretty much hair that looked exactly like pink's. It was just really 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 short. It's like shaved around the sides and it was sort of long on top and I'd rock a mullet. My first World Cup, that's what I looked like. You had a mullet. Oh, no, not a mullet. Did I say oh, mullet? Mohawk. Yeah, Mohawk. Mohawk. That's what I had. And I look back on photos, it's like if you google me, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> I remember one time I was like Years ago, I went on a I went on a date with a guy, and he's like, "I googled you before we came on this date," and I was like, say. "No, I know. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about it. Super strange." I you. Yeah, I googled you. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, when you do Google me, um, old rugby photos come up, and that was when I had the, the pixie haircut and just looked like a dude. So bad. Oh, so how bad. were the World Cups? I mean, oh, so must be a pretty cool experience. So good, so good. Every time we. Um, Every time we got out there and we sung the an anthem, I uh, I blubbered like a baby the entire time. It was just trying to sing. It's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy and proud. Um, no, they're awesome. Honestly, it is, it's got to be like one of the best feelings ever. And the like the quality of footy, it's like, it's so different from club or rep or whatever, because all of a sudden you're hitting people who feel like brick walls and like everyone feels like yeah. that though. And it's just, I don't know, it's it's like the most incredible thing. I love having all the families come and watch as well. Like my mum came to pretty much every game I ever played and it's like you'd be out there singing the anthem and I'm looking around and then I spot her and she's like, she's yeah, biggest cool. biggest fan ever. But we had so many of the families like follow us around for World Cups and stuff and it was just, oh, it's just so good. And all the support and that type of thing. And it's fun playing on TV. Yeah. It's really fun, mm. except I love it now. Girls these days, we're all like fake tans. And <laughs> we're getting our lashes done and our hair braided and we all want to like look real pretty on TV. It's so Bring funny. back the mohawk. Yeah. Except, the mohawk. Except, if anyone except wants a mohawk, hit me up. I'll do a good one. <laughs> Just ask Paddy. I wish, you know what? I wish I did all the fake tan and everything for my first World Cup because that was when I had the short hair and the pale skin and I was just like, oh, God. My second one, I look very, very different. Well, it's a good story. It's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story to tell. Yeah. Apart from the guy yeah, saying I looked you up, it came up. For it. Yeah. I Googled you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So i got to go to the bathroom. How'd that? <laughs> <laughs> and not come back. God, we've uh, covered a lot, haven't we? we so have, many weird we have things. Covered a lot. Oh. Is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap up? Don't say you Googled your date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say that. Don't say that. Um, you know what? I think the main thing is that, like, you know, everyone goes through so many different experiences and, and um, whether they're good or bad, it's just how you deal with it, right? Mm. And, and you know, it could be something as simple as just having a shitty day at work or you could lose your job or you could get kicked out of your footy team or, you know, you could go through surgery and that type of thing and it builds all this resilience but sometimes you just crack at the end of it and I think at the end of the day, the main thing is to be kind to yourself to speak to people and you're not the only person who's going through it because everyone else goes through the exact same thing right yeah, and you just want to make sure that you look after yourself and also like 
you know, with, with mates and stuff. Like, you know, my friend going through that breakup. I've been texting her every day just to make sure that she's okay. And I think that that's really important that people do that. You know, you know that someone's having a hard time. Yeah. Reach out and don't say, let's go to the pub and get pissed. Like, yeah. go and do something different with people. Productive, and yeah. Productive and bring value to their life in a different way because you want to make sure that everyone stays safe, right? Yeah, 100%. Mm. You know, yeah. I think that that's the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Well, I think that's that'll wrap us up, Molly. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on and speaking so openly that's about your story. Right. I mean, we've been trying a while now to tee it up. Oh, so so many messages but back and forth, hey. But we we got there. We got there. We we here. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, we got there. I'm not an alcoholic and I'm not a loser because I live with my mum. Okay. <laughs> I'm not moving out of home till I'm fifty. I love it. 2020 is the year of moving back with your parents. Okay, don't be embarrassed. Embrace it and make I've sure never that left. they. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm leaving either. I'm turning the washing machine on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going nowhere. Oh, God. You've got a lot to learn. <laughs> a lot to learn. But uh, once again, Molly, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And all the best with everything coming up. No worries. Thanks for having me. Turn up the talk podcast. Tackling mental health together. <laughs>